Welcome to the Ben Bo- Don't Break podcast. I am editor Nicole Vulcan. We are so pleased you are spending some of your time with us today. Today, my guest is Jason McNeil Graham, a.k.a. Mosley Wada. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me in studio. Yes. So just want to do a quick bio. His professional career spans multiple decades and mediums, including writing, painting, and music. His CV highlights include Creative Laureate for City of Bend, Oregon Fields Fellow, Oregon Humanities Conversation Project Leader, Bridging Oregon Facilitator, Art Oregon Black Matter Visual Artist, Salem Art Association Fellow, Slam Poetry Champion for the State of Oregon, uh, and also appearances on NPR, OPB, TEDx, and the NBA with other se- several other three-letter acronyms. That's right. Okay. Big Neil. <laughs> I, s- I said Neil. Big, big bloof. Yeah. Jason's work focuses on making positive connections between the negative space of perceived difference. I'm just so pleased to have you in the studio with me today. Thank you. Yeah. How are you feeling? Good. How, yeah. Uh, sh- how should I feel? I don't know. How should you feel? I think good is an oversimplification. I feel kind of um, a little sparkly, I suppose, because, um, I don't know, synchronicity gets gets me sometimes. So there's been a variety of things already from previous conversations I was having right before I came in here that are winking their way f- through, including this Gary Larson comic that's on the mug, which for whatever reason has deep significance to me, and then the butterflies hanging off of your beautiful earrings. So oh, there's like you. things happening. There's always things happening. Yeah. The cosmic yeah. winks. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Ayo. Um, so for those, you know, who, who haven't heard of you before, I'd be surprised to know there was that many of them out there, but I'm sure there are, there are those who have not heard of the work you do. you you wear a lot of hats, artist, musician, parent among them. Yeah. What does your day to day look like living a creative life while managing the practicalities of the home life? Yeah, that's important. I think this, this is part of a needed shift and recognition in or whatever whatever the narrative of being an artist or a creative person the real life part of it as opposed to the like I'm going to burn out really young um, on some sort of meteoric beautiful corpse narrative or I need to uh, um, go through sort of the the punishment of um, suffering that's going to happen but you don't necessarily have to create extra drama in your life which is a lesson that you have to learn in a variety of ways anyway but the idea that you, um, uh, the starving artist narrative, <clears throat> those some of those things, the sort of the celebrity, the meteoric rise and fall of an artist, um, as well as the, the the punishment and the dregs that you have to um, voluntarily uh, like uh, self-actualize. What am I trying to say? Too many words. That that way high high and that way low low. That doesn't have to be it. Um, and so yeah, so like. Uh, showing up and making sure that in the morning that you're doing the dishes as well as talking to the muse as well as making sure that you've got cereal in the house and people are eating their vegetables and like all those things I'm much more interested in a life that reflects um, a self-determined understanding of success that includes things like um, being aware of what you want your money to look like um, as you interface with the, the medicine of your of your art, um, where your art meets the marketplace. That's a really important conversation to be having. But like some of the most 
magical and, and profound things have happened to me literally when I was folding laundry as when I was in front of a canvas or whatever. It's happening all the time. It's your job to recognize that. Do your best to sort of record it and, and relay it. But, um, you know, there wasn't enough stories about parents who were artists. Um, I think that's changing and increasing, but we, we need more of those stories of like, no, I've got kids. This is what I pay taxes on. Here's how I plug into a society in sort of this sort of bland manila envelope kind of a way. But then it's also a deeply, infinitely wondrous, sparkly place to be in as well. But that's the practicality of your existence of like being in these multiple realms all the time of having your feet on the ground and having your head in the clouds kind of a deal, you know. It kind of sounds like you're you're um, you're talking about uh, a notion of like I, you know Finland's been on the radar lately because mm. you know they got the happiest country thing uh, um, mm. designation again and there were you know folks are trying to kind of categorize like what makes what makes Finns the happiest mm. and it, one thing that I picked up on in what they you know some of that reporting was well they know you know of course these are generalities but mm, mm. they're they know how to be content with a basic life and yeah. when i say basic i mean you know having your basic needs met mm. and so you know when you're talking about the meteoric rise and fall yeah you know i guess so many of us in society we sort of we're always sort of chasing that high but mm. then you if you're in that high maybe you're not able to you know have that great idea when you're folding the laundry Maybe so. Maybe so. I, I think we have to be very careful about when it's assumed the right word, when other people's dreams replace your own, mm -hmm. uh, when money replaces your dreams. Like a lot of times other people's dreams are like just like on some fame and money stuff or whatever. But like what what do you actually want? What are your what are your dreams? And not just what you want, um, but like what are you actually doing here? Mm -hmm. What are you actually spending your days doing here? Um, it also makes me think about, um, I was uh, taught, this was years ago now, but just came up in conversation right before I was here talking to a geologist who was remarking on the quality of the culture in proximity to the mountains as we are here, mm. as opposed to, um, you know, maybe being in the desert, what have you, what have you, in this particular area at, you know, check my data and correct me, but at some point, I'll just be real vague, at some point, um, we had like the most entrepreneurs per capita. So mm -hmm. like most business owners starting up their own business, you know, out of the per person here. And this geologist was attributing it to that looking at the summit all the time. Mm -hmm. And even with that, you know, we could, we could um, uh, maybe assume some sort of imperialist or colonial <laughs> narrative that's subconsciously buried in there as well. Of like I need to get to the top of that thing to conquer it or whatever, whatever. But it is interesting um, uh, where, how does this all tie back in? I think it is interesting to see like uh, where your your dream and your success and your notion of, of making it reside because it may not be going to some crazy Olympian height and then coming all the way down into some, you know, fall or belly or what. It might not be, it might be even keel. Yeah. Like you might, like things might be good. I love the basics that you were talking about. Like, is there food in the fridge? That's a huge success. You know, like it, do your kids feel safe where they are at night? Like these are these are some big successes and successes that we want for more folks that want them. And then, you know, of course, in this community, we can see the amount of excess all the time and folks who are maybe dreaming 
somebody else's dream, but they're doing it really successfully, but they're maybe not checked in to what, 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 what really satisfies them. I see a lot of folks with a lot extra who just either you can tell or sometimes, or they'll tell me directly, like they're still, they still don't have that thing. What is the thing? What, what am I, right. what am I doing? Um, it makes you wonder. Yeah. I mean, as you kind of, you know, indicated, I guess we can't, we can't assume what, you know, what their dreams are, what they want sure. isn't valid for them. For me personally, I don't need to have all the fame and all the yeah, stuff. The I'm, I'm really happy with yeah. what I have. Yeah. Um, I want to drill into this just a little bit in terms of parenting, because this is one thing that Great. I've been thinking about is like, okay, you have a child, um, couple children, you want to say to yeah. them, you or maybe you don't. I think a prevailing notion, especially when we're parenting girls, is you can do anything you want. Mm. The sky's the limit. You can have anything in the world. And I I do, you know, want to believe that. And at the same time, I don't I kind of struggle with this notion of like we have to tell them to reach for the stars. But like what if just living on a nice, quiet street in uh, a nice suburban town is 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 a perfectly okay and you know goal in life yeah like how do you how do you actually tell your kid (coughs) you don't have to dream so big that feels like kind of what where my mind's going sure so i don't think well one more throat clear (coughs) pardon me i don't think it's so much trying to figure out in a general way um what it is somebody else is supposed so so maybe uh You'd mentioned sort of, like, you know, like some sort of called cul-de-sac oasis or something like this, or <laughs> like, you know, it's not this thing. It, it is. Um, I don't think. I think what it is is, or what I know, what I know is, there's a. It's not you can do anything. Is you can do, whatever it is you can do. What that is a reflection of is the specific genius that you come into this mm-hmm. world with, and with that you can go like kind of anywhere. You can you can quite literally go to another planet with that genius. You can quite literally be um, uh, happy with being happy in some place that reflects nothing like, you know, tons of cash. You can. Um, it, it, I'm so overwhelmed, even though it's not being reflected in what I'm saying. I'm so overwhelmed in imagining what those scenarios could be. It's a reminder of that not being my job. My job uh, for other folks, uh, my kids or or other people that I'm close to or other people I get to talk with in this regard is to encourage them towards that relationship that has like everything to do with their own intuition, with their own knowing, with their own sort of inclination, sort of a leaning this direction, hey, I'm sort of inclined to this thing and not being so um, hard and fast set on um, like uh, arriving once they get to that place. So maybe they do become some sort of, you know, uh, whatever it is, Hollywood star or something like this. Um, but it's, that's only just, that's, that's such a, that's a piece of their experience and they're here doing a lot. I mean, any one of us is, has a very dynamic existence, um, that touches in a, in a diversity of ways into a lot of different places and root systems. And that's an important, um, I think that's a fundamental thing to being in your own body, in your society, in relationship to your curiosities that will take you into your whatever it is, if you want to use the word manifesting or dreaming or whatever, whatever, like that is the thing. And then, and then we're here to say, I love, I love you and I support you. And then, and, and do our best to, 
to have that love and support show up in, in tangible ways, not just the philosophy of unconditionally loving somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did their laundry too. You actually did their laundry too. You helped them see why it's necessary for them to learn how to do their laundry, why it's necessary to help them do their laundry for somebody else before they ask, because we're all doing our best to, re- to remember we're, we're, we're here for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we forget often. I want to touch on this a little bit um, in the context of the creative laureate position. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like in that you, you know, it's a little bit of a nebulous title. You were the first one to take it on. Yeah. Um, But it feels like there's a teaching role in there for sure. Sure. Um, So what did that experience look like for you? What how did it kind of evolve over the time that you were doing it? I think there was a lot of things within that that brought me to a place of peace out of feeling um, overwhelmed. Um, But I think at this point, the gift of that is that it is something that with or without title is going to be a lifetime's exploration. So whether or not that title ever existed, um, uh, but now that it has and kind of kind of opened my eyes to to imagining what that could even mean in in my life or in my communities. Um, uh, I was able to take on what felt like the magnitude of that work by stretching it out until I'm, you know, as I say, picking out tombstones. So that this, this, um, which is kind of a vague answer, I guess, but there was a tremendous amount of, um, I felt a, a deep and still do. I, I felt a deep, uh, kind of failing within that, uh, or at, at, during that specific tenure because, um, there was so much that I wanted to do, um, uh, so much support and resource that that doing required, um, not necessarily knowing how to articulate what I needed to accomplish these things. And I'm trying to accomplish things that I think are much more um, uh, unsafe or risky or on the vanguard which it's much easier for me to take those risks when I'm taking them by myself as an artist. Mm-hmm. But if, I've, if I'm representing now um, a community um, or if it's important for me to hold this position open so that somebody else, when they take that mantle on, when they come into that, that I haven't, I haven't totally gummed up the works, it, it was fascinating to watch myself become tongue-tied, for example, in front of city council when I realized, you know, talking with them, becoming very like anxious or when I realized that the, I wasn't just talking to a group of people who were interested in hearing maybe some of my perspectives, um, that there was a group of people, for example, that was representing something that is, um, that touches on a, uh, like a wounding in this community. Um, and that's a generalization, but there's, there's, I didn't think folks really wanted to listen. The thing that was most difficult about the creative laureate role was not the the genius of um, taking on that task, but r- realizing that um, I didn't trust my community enough to um, to do, to do the work that I thought was necessary from an intuitive place, and simultaneously realizing that what I'm seeing and observing um, in my community on a daily and receiving from my own intuitive notions and my own creative interface with those intuitive feelings, da, 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 isn't the hard and fast data that other people are working with. Um, 
which I think can slow things down. I, I know that our community is not in a, and I, I feel my feet getting slick because there's a soapbox under me. There's, I, <laughs> I know my community is not in a good spot, is not in a healthy spot because there's a lot of new cars in our community and there's, and, and there's a lot of recreational fun time camping and stuff that happens. Um, at uh, just on a material level, and then there's a lot of folks who um, have um, have uh, uh, camping's not an option for them, and they don't have both literal and 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 and, um, and figurative vehicles to get them to where they need to go. And I know that we have enough resources in this community. Let's say just on a financial level to um, uh, to to care for for one another. Like I, I just know that, and knowing that I'm being, I'm I'm in this position, I'm, I feel like I'm uh, supposed to say something about that, but um, uh, I don't believe I'm going to be doing any other anything other than bringing it up enough so that we can sort of check some quota box of like, oh, okay, we're we're aware of that. But I didn't think I was going to affect the kind of change that I needed to feel effective in that role. I think is the thing. So if it's not about this short period of time, how can I do it? So then I'm going to stretch it out over a longer period of time and then keep working on it. But, um, uh, yeah, that was, that was, it was, it was, a dis it was disappointing to feel like I was capable and incapable simultaneously. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That, um, I was looking back at an interview that you did with OPB and this kind of made me think about it. You were t talking about having, you know, that you had music with a message or the prospect mm. of having music with a message and wondering if that message would come across. And you said, mm. are we just contributing to the party scene that's yeah. good at empowering escapist culture and denialist histories? Yeah. Um, so it sounds like that is still a factor for you. In, you know, you're thinking about that still. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's it. In reflecting on those things, yeah. I mean, in reflecting on those things, at some point I had to look at the fact that I became um, a Bend, Oregon's uh, um, Uncle Tom. Mm. I was I was a I was a palatable black, you know, and um, and that you know I I was just trying to make art. Uh, I was trying to make a living making art. I was very young, having uh, starting a family and all these things. But where we were most popularly successful were was in areas that I was saying things that were just as maybe whatever you want to say the over glorification of the word revolutionary but just as revolutionary as they ever were but it was said quickly it was said at high speeds and it was said to a rhythm and there was a full band and all these things and there was a momentum I was utilizing off of a hip-hop group that I had been in before so anyhow um, I wasn't seeing that that was doing anything mm -hmm. Um, substantively and I think that it was in for some folks but I think the majority of people um, were were using that inappropriately and then I out of my own sort of scarcity be, um, consciously and unconsciously pandered to that um, and um, and so, yeah, so I think that's an important, I think we, we, we all come out of a variety of closets over a lifetime, but that was definitely one um, place where I'm, I was realizing I was, I was not being, uh, essentially, like I, like I was not being loved in the deepest sense by the community that was supporting me. And, and some question was with the Creative Laureate thing was, was this an iteration of, was this sort of a zenith of that same kind of like support, but not really seeing me or what yeah. I was really, you know, uh, talking about. And not just me. But but like 
the message that I was or messages or things that I was I was trying to point at that I thought were um, areas that given care and attention would benefit all of us. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it sounds very like like martyr gooey romantic on the one hand, but it's it's not what it's trying to be. It's like it's trying to be helpful. And so if you find out that you are doing more harm by trying to be helpful, that's a that's a tough place to be. Yeah, I, I completely understand that place, yeah. um, you know, from a professional standpoint, yeah. for sure. So, okay, I just want to, like, I want to, like, voice back what I think, you know, just a, a kind of a quick recap of sort of mm, what I mm-hmm. think I heard is that you were given this official role. Yeah. And then you felt like there was a lot of um, you needed to have these, like, certain outcomes based on this role. Yeah. Um you know, and also having some like tokenization come into the to p- to play. Yeah. Okay. So, and then feeling frustrated that you were not able to communicate the the stuff that you thought was so important to the people who you thought needed to hear it. The only thing I would clarify is is it became quickly it it so like so so um, Renee Mitchell and and um, and I, I I don't think it's Jasmine I want to say Jasmine Barnett but I'm not sure if that's your last name I'm so sorry. Um, because anyway, but it was, uh, it was like, basically like, it, it was a lot of people, but like Renee, Jasmine and myself, I, I don't think it was the, these three people that I'm, I'm naming and I'm naming myself in this group. I think it was, what I saw was something that was very large and it was much bigger than just the title of creative laureate. I'm all for like, I'm like, let's have a creative laureate. Let's have a, like a, a science laureate. Let's have a, like, you know, like let, let's, you know, let's have a grump laureate. Let's like, like have all the laureates we could possibly <laughs> have, you know, like let's have these things. This is fantastic. That's not the issue, nor is the issue me individually being tokenized as an issue or even a byproduct of trying to do the right thing with a creative laureate. I mean, there's some nuance in here. Mm-hmm. It was, it was realizing that there was a much larger systemic thing here that there was not enough support to actually look at what those things were fundamentally through the creative or artistic lens and feeling like if we couldn't actually do this big work then we might actually we might actually be um whether or not we like it sort of inclined to contributing to the things that we 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 wanted to dismantle in the best way right so like um because I wanted, I wanted to, to silo it to just, like, be mad at a few people, myself included. Like, oh, I'll throw some self-hatred in there or something. It, this is not it. Like, it, it is, 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 it's a much larger um, thing than this. And because it's so large, we communally can actually take it on because we can, all, we can all do a little bit of laundry for somebody else. We can actually do a little bit more of the emotional labor that is necessary for each other without sliding into some debate about whether or not we should be socialists. Like, we can just show up for each other. Um, and feeling like um, that wasn't possible or we were going to miss the mark um, through doing this and sort of a perfectionism thing that came with that dangerous territory. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so, but you, you got it. You encapsulated it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because that, what that makes me think of is, you know, I guess when you got inside that container, you felt like there was an expectation to perform or produce or do this thing and so if you're out of the container as a you know as an artist at large let's just say yeah, yeah. um do you have those same feelings like your art means so much to you and yeah. you want it to have impact for folks and how do you know if you do and if you don't ever and you just put it out there and you don't ever get feedback is that okay 
Well, I think this goes back to the genius thing. So I like the idea that genius is not something that you test for on an IQ test, but the idea that it's not an it's not a idea as much. It is. This is my. It is. But genius is something that you have. It comes along with you, and it is a lifetime's relationship of communicating with that genius, and it is um, deeply important to to listen to that thing, and that thing is is sourced from a place that. As I would say, this is why I call myself a black artist or I make black art is because this is a synonymous with limitless. Black is synonymous with limitless. And um, it is much larger than um, the, 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 you know, uh, so immediate uh, common association with race. Um, your genius is, is sourced from, from this blackness. And that's, that's helpful because it is your it is a it is a guiding thing you have to learn how to work with your genius you need people to help you do that it is a benefit to the community and the people who helped you learn how to work with it it's a benefit to yourself it takes you into some tricky situations sometimes because sometimes you say something that you know you know it's not a belief you know and um and it is doing a kind of work that can feel a lot like harm but it is um but there's a thin line between uh, the pain of healing and uh, causing more harm. And um, what I'm feeling like more and more, as I've said it concisely in this little made up anecdote, I feel like I am one of many who has a, a needle and, um, and, and I see that you've got a splinter and we all have at least one splinter and we spend a lot of time protecting anybody from ever touching that splinter that's in us. And um, this person with the needle, I'm one of many people with these needles, has to get quite close before you recognize that they have the needle in their hand. And and there's a terror in that. And then once they get close to you, you find out that they want to go to the one place that you've been trying your whole life to get anybody from ever touching again because it hurt so bad mm. when that splinter went in the first time. And now you want to try to pluck it out. But my goodness, all the things you have to, all the energy you have to use to try to avoid feeling that place where the, the harm occurred and the pain that is going to be required to go through a little bit of healing um, or a lot of bit of healing um, so that you can focus on some other things. Because it's a heck of a thing to take a long walk with a pebble in your shoe. And what if a pebble in your shoe is racism? And what if that thing, you know, like whatever, whatever. So, um, so, so that is what you have, to, uh, you have to know. And that knowing is, is really hard sometimes. Uh, you are going to cry a lot. Like you're going to need to let yourself um, continuously... Um, shed what you think you know and find out um, how to uh, proceed, move forward. Um, Do you remember yeah. at what point you started thinking of yourself as that? I imagine like maybe when you were a child and you were interested in art and creativity, it was art for art's sake. Like at what point, you mm -hmm. know, do you think that that mission kind of came along for you? I mean... I think it's like a lot of things that you've known the entire time and then you wake up to it more and more. Mm. So, you know, mm -hmm, there's sort mm -hmm. of ripples in that. And then somebody tells you that you are such and such a thing and then you see if that kind of fits and then sometimes you want to wear that and sometimes you don't. Um, but at the core of it, there's a there's there's a there's a knowing um, that happens and then there's a forgetting and a remembering what you know. Um, but that's been a yeah, that's been a long, long time. That's been an ongoing thing. But there is something that feels a lot 
I, I, I experience it in a lot of places. Art happens to be one of those, whatever we call art, but like doing, a, you know, working on a painting or working on some writing where like um, uh, it all occurs there, the, the, the painful stuff, the agonies or whatever. But there's also um, a, a, a freshness in the delight. Like when you when you rode the bike, like you got you figured out what that balance was or the way like maybe I don't know what like snow or cotton candy or, or something like that melted in your mouth in a particular way that just your eyes lit up or or you you know I feel like these are all really campy examples but I care not like shooting star <laughs> whatever it is um uh lightning bugs in your hand like these are all such like what is this programming that is in me this is like Americana examples <laughs> um uh but there are things that continue to delight mm-hmm. inside of the same thing over and over again it's just another painting it's just some goop on some stretch fabric whatever whatever or um with a friend or a a loved one or a lover or whatever i mean there's like there's this 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 like um boundless riveting (laughs) delight that happens over and over and over again that is so compelling it is not it is not to be resisted the way like water moves with gravity it is not something that you're supposed to actually uh fight against you're supposed Mm -hmm. to go with this thing that Mm -hmm. is part of you know who you are you know I mean my god I think about this all the time or somebody's god I think about this all the time with um uh our trans communities right now I mean these are this is these this is this is coming this is what our evolution looks like Mm -hmm. is a real acknowledgement of who we always have been which is not within one container right we're transitory we're yes we're always in motion and that we created these categories to simplify things for mm-hmm. a book or for the marketplace, often the marketplace. It doesn't make sense. It does. It, it's, it's a senseless um, thing. And we're not supposed to resist it. it. We're not we're not proving anything to ourselves by denying who we've always known we are. Yeah. I mean, that makes me think of, you know, we just we've gone through several years following the murder of George Floyd of a lot of discussions around racism. And there's, you know, no world in which I would say right now that we have solved racism or we have gotten, you know, maybe there's been more conversations, but do you think it's, I guess I'll just make this a comment. Um, It does not appear to be um, a coincidence that this now targeting of our trans community is coming about so quickly after those conversations like no. another need to be othering someone. no yeah there's no coincidence there i become excited um because of the speed in which we are in, we are um, encountering and engaging with our prejudices our systemic prejudices our personal prejudices i'm not excited about um uh, how much extra harm we're doing to one hmm, whew, how much extra harm we're doing to one another when it's already painful yeah so so this is the thing. And then and then this is the beautiful thing also, too, about um, peeling back and lifting off. Um, there is no getting rid of. We're going to come up with genius solutions as to what to do with all of our microplastics that are basically like microaggressions at this point. But this is um, not a getting rid of. It's actually including more. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is um, a, this is a really important um, time for figuring out not how are we prohibitively going to pretend like this thing never existed that is not a that that is not a viable solution for us so we're never going to like sort of get rid of racism but we can evolve through it mm-hmm. we can on an individual level in a lifetime like we really can mm-hmm. um but 
uh, again, the same thing that will draw the, the child to be fascinated or whatever, that level of in, in something that may seem mundane, dust, you know, like when dust is just falling gold in the window or whatever, um, whatever it is that allows that, that space of curiosity, that space of limitlessness, that space of wondering and imagination and play and fun, uh, functional, functionality of fun in our lives. Those things will end up being the delight of, you know, so-called solutions for our for our problems. I mean, absolutely. But they're going to require our imagination. So are necessary. Yeah. Yeah. So you were talking, you talk about the lightning bugs and that made me, there's been a little bit of a a theme of joy and wonder for myself personally, Mm. um, just thinking, uh, contemplating those topics and how important they are. So I just want to like, before we kind of get into uh, talking a little bit about your current project, I just wondered, you know, what are some things that are giving you joy and awe and wonder right now? Well, those, um, Things point at like a, a, a wordless something, right? Like it is a kind of a place where the tongue can't touch. The um, I'm seeing a I'm seeing a crossover synthesis of the work that I've you know I've always been doing these various mediums, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm seeing how uh, very much how they're just as you were saying how quickly we went from a conversation about uh, talking about uh, trans to talking about race right there's it's like Mm -hmm. there's some immediate actual overlap there because um i'm seeing that within the work that i'm doing i'm seeing um i'm seeing it like i'm seeing it oh i'm seeing it everywhere so it's 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 good i'm very happy i feel like i want to cry because i'm so happy the what i'm starting to feel is that uh, the paintings that i'm doing or the the work that i'm the, the recording musically or whatever those things I went into those things thinking that I'm doing a painting or I'm making a, I'm recording a track. Now it's much more, I'm being painted by this thing is, is in other words, this painting is jasoning. <laughs> this, hmm. this song is mostly watering or whatever, because there's stuff that's in those things that I'm big air quotes. I'm writing, but I, I later on realize what it is. So then, so how, what is that? You know, this is like very like, having a child or whatever that you know it's it, it it's it's from you but it uh, to some extent that is true uh but it doesn't but you're going to be learning from it a great deal mm-hmm. um so and this concept of of black has been really important for me and that this stuff is not new so i'm finding things out that are new for me that are very old and um uh, the idea that the Blank white canvas is the material echo of the immaterial blackness that contains the color of our dreaming as a way of being and interacting with the world is a, a it's not just joy filled. It is a, it's like ecstasy, like outside of the stasis. I mean, it is a. Yeah, that's really powerful. It's powerful. And it's, and it, 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 and sometimes it works in a nine to five paying taxes kind of way. And sometimes it doesn't. And then you're trying to explain to somebody why you didn't call them or why you weren't there. I mean, this is why it's so like, okay, yeah, go to this distant star and you're experiencing all these things and all your channeling and all the paintings. And that's so great. You also need to make dinner. Yeah. You got to show up at two o'clock to record this podcast. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was also thinking, um, I don't know, because you mentioned butterflies at the beginning of this conversation. Um, And I don't know if this is, like too dismissive to think that 
you know, these communities that you're speaking of are trans and, and black communities. Um, you know, when we have these difficult times when they're feeling really under attack and maybe that's always mm. that there's, I wonder if there's a, a you know, a, a period where you can be a chrysalis for that, oh you know, gosh, yeah. during that time. And then that helps you, you know, when, the, when the times are tough, you become the chrysalis and then you know what the promise of that is for later. You become the butterfly. So I was, I was just, so I was just in Colorado. I hadn't, I haven't really spent much time in Colorado, but uh, recently uh, I've been going there more for these conversations that I've been doing through Oregon Humanities. And something that happened there um, in this magical place that's being called Ridgeway right now is uh, this thinking about the butterfly and a dragon. And so I was thinking about, or a moth, moths show up a lot in my work, um, mm -hmm. um, which I don't necessarily need to go into, but I think that there is a, uh, there is a, a gentleness, um, an unrelenting gentleness um, that is um, meeting this, um, this uh, uh, um, facade of strength that uh, posits postures as being hard and I think I think the sort of the um, sort of the, on a continuum you would have a sort of on a spectrum or uh, you'd have a dragon on one side you have a, a moth or a butterfly on the other side you have this um, uh, you have a worm that goes into the chrysalis or the cocoon butterfly moth respectively and goes into a total gel state and loses it, it's no longer worm it's no longer butterfly or moth whatever whatever it is a soup it is a, it is a goo and then it comes out, and it is this beautiful, deeply vulnerable um, thing that migrates using, like, the gold of the, you know, like the sun or the moon or something like that, this treasure. And it, and it goes towards that thing. And I'm sure there will be some scientist who says, you know, they don't all follow the sun or whatever, but allow me my myth story to fit with this <laughs> thing. Um, then you have the dragon who sits on the gold, sits on the sun. W cannot become that can it, it won't won't submit to that thing but will sit and protect and will pretend as if it was the sun it spits fire beautiful hard very few spots where you can actually get to it and there's a myth story where a woman is forced to marry a dragon and every night she she meets the dragon and washes the dragon in um, uh, milk and so this could be love making or whatever but this is this chrysalis cocoon gooey face until it reduces it down to this worm it meets all that mm, i'm gonna cry again meets all that hardness with unrelenting uh gentleness and then and then we see this this worm thing now we're at the worm stage we can go and become the butterfly or whatever but we're kind of moving from this age of hard into uh into our we're softening and um and we see this with the ocean and the cliffs or whatever there's always this reminder like you just dust you just dust, mm -hmm. you know. So um, it, this is a this is an important time. I see I see us not being in a left or right or blue or red or white mm -hmm. or black way. I see there's things that are opening, and I see folks that are really trying hard to hold closed. Um, the only thing is you cannot, you can't, you can't, you mm -hmm. cannot hold closed. Um, the power is in relenting to the river, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. Fascinating. Okay, before we before we, we we get any further, I wanted to talk a little bit about your project at Scale House right now. It's okay. called Fate of Understanding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
It's about imper- impermanence, ownership, and soft forms of revolution. Uh, yeah, soft. It would be. It would soft be. forms. Okay. <laughs> and it's painted right on the wall at Scalehouse. So tell me yeah. more. Tell me about the various iterations that have been happening. Over How the is this so far? Do you need more sound bites? Because I just go. Do you need me to keep going? Oh no, you're being polite right now. Is this too no? Much? This is wonderful. I'm I'm really enjoying this conversation. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, insecurity and also I was actually asking. No, I because I you know and I don't want to shift too quickly out of the you know philosophical conversation yeah, that yeah. I'm having because I think it's awesome. Yeah. And I also want to share this you know concrete information with there folks so they can come see you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. Let's do the laundry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so okay. So the the show itself, yeah, is at Scalehouse, which has been really great, and we've been able to um, move some work from there, which is always it's always like yay that, that the artwork is gonna uh, get swooped up and go into other homes. But the work that's on the walls uh, that isn't artwork that I brought in is directly on the wall. It's like site specific. It's inspired by the space and also other things that I've been thinking about with all the things that I think are important to think about. Um, but the 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 joke and the pun and the importance is. It's it's images and words in black. It's images and words in color, on white walls, and then it's whitewashed, and so there's all the winks and implication there. Um, I think this is what we do time and time again. We have information that's revealed, and then we cover it up. We um, are I'm intentionally putting work into, like you know, institution spaces, gallery spaces, literally. Uh, in terms of uh, color, white spaces, oftentimes white in terms of culturally white spaces. And then um, those things are uh, are painted, but it's not simply that they're erased. They're now part of the foundation of that place. So I do my own little ma- magic tricks, but I'd, I'm creating work that 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 can't be taken out of the place, even as it's painted over. Right, it's right. gonna stay there. Yeah, so you can pretend that somebody isn't a thing, or you can not see something in your community, but it's still there, it's still there, yeah. Do you, you said this this term white space, do you, when you're in Central Oregon, are there spaces where you, that you go into in public spaces that you feel are not white spaces? Ooh, interesting question. Yeah, sometimes, but, um, um, Yeah, sometimes. Public public spaces, private spaces. Um, sometimes I think I think white is an interesting one to pick at, just because I've had to pick at black so so long, or look at, or investigate, or interface with. Um, again, like people tell me all the time, like, oh, like, uh, like I'm white, you know, but I don't. I've never met a white person. Like white people don't exist. I, I met people who say that they're white, which to me means that they're 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 uh, subscribing to a forgetting. They're voluntarily subscribing to a forgetting. I think is dangerous to do. Um, and I think there's a lot of that active forgetting in in our in our community, uh, one way or another. But um, the f- the fact that I have to roll my eyes up and look more at the lights in the ceiling than like at you, and as as I'm thinking about this, is an indication of how much we have forgotten um, and how much we need to remember what this this place is, I think, on the one hand. Um, you mean historically, like the history of Oregon or specifically Central Oregon? Yeah, I think I think there's I think there's that. I think there's kind of a. Yeah, I think there's that. But I, I do think that that is changing. What you're asking about is uh, is is changing how much it this 
this town, if this community, if this small city of our of who, whoever's was um, was one singular person, like in that in N.K. Jemison book, The City We Became, or what I think that's the title. But like, if it was how much it would consciously or unconsciously push back on um, giving up that white space, and then why? How, how fragile is this identity? Um, why is it so important to hold on to this identity? What is it doing for you? What, is, what does race give you? What does it take away? Um, is it to your immediate advantage? Is your immediate advantage a long-term advantage? Um, I, yeah, it, may, it, really makes me, it really makes me wonder. But um, I also have a hard time because folks have always been like, oh, this community is so white. This has always been a very diverse community in a lot of ways um that helps to actively invisible people that are here right yeah there's, there's that side of it and then it also um actively ignores that at the diversity of the ways we might define diversity and that's not a thing to be weaponized saying that we don't need to make any more progress that we are so diverse because we have a, a philosophical spectrum that's not it either it's always worked right yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's an interesting thing i i would hesitate to say oh we are, you know, a, a white community, and I'd also hesitate yeah. to say we're a diverse community. Both right. of them are, are not exactly true, right? Yeah. This. What is that? Uh, not exactly. The slight discomfort that kind of keeps you moving a little bit is, yeah, like that's what it feels like. We've done these race. Con oh, sorry, you took a breath. You're going to say a thing. No, I was just thinking about because as a journalist, you know, we. We try to be accurate in our, you know, yeah. in how we, you know, we would want to quantify that, right? Yeah, right, right. Or we have this percentage and this percentage and this yeah. percentage and therefore, and it's like, well, that's not really, mm. um, maybe it's not applicable for this conversation to try to quantify based on census data or something. Yeah. I think there's times for that. And then I think there's um, to, to try to put the thing in the box. I think there's times for that. But we have to know, like, this is like... Our definitions are just always slippery. Um, yeah, so anyhow. I marvel at the fact when the lights go out, when there's some sort of power outage, outage in a town or whatever, that folks don't actually just go slamming into each other. Like we look through our windshields, we communicate, we wave, we do all these things, even though the infrastructure that was there before that was supposed to keep us all safe has failed for <laughs> the time. And like we do okay. And I'm not suggesting that we turn all the lights off and see how well we behave or something like this, but mm -hmm. you know. I don't know. We're really smart. Yeah. Like so smart that we trick ourselves into doing dumb sh stuff all the time. Um, I mean, that made me think about like the pandemic. And <laughs> we were talking about this earlier at work um, about in the beginning, we we're really excited by kind of there was a lot of maybe wasn't excited and happy, but just a lot of energy around yeah. all the, the ways we were all adapting. Yes. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then we're like, oh, crap, the adaptation is now semi-permanent. Like, right. no, this right. sucks. Right, right, um, right. Just, right. That was just a comment. Well, before we wrap up, wanted to um, ask you what other projects you have on the radar that people might want to drop into. Okay, titles and names. So we have um, a slew of singles that we're going to be releasing um, through this thing that we call uh, Wake Records, which is yeah, we didn't even touch on that. We, I know because I got going and I wanted to tell you <laughs> about dragons and butterflies. And anyway, um, Wake Records is a creative house for diverse mediums. So it's more um, as we build it and it is being built, it is more of a way to platform other artists and sort of keep a record of the folks that we 
love and adore and are making work in the world and are also being human beings and aren't just walking on red carpets and eating caviar, although that's great when that can happen sometimes to the extent that it is. Then we've got these singles that we're dropping through that. Then we've got these hoodies that we've made that we're putting out through that, which are um, artwork, like these limited runs of the artwork that we're creating in these gallery spaces. Um, and then I'm doing this storytelling show and conversation. Um, it started out being called It's Not the Year, It's You. That uh, we couldn't, I couldn't proceed further with that, which is both a blessing and a, and a kind of a sorrow-filled thing. And then, and it, and it has, and we relented to that, and then it metamorphosed into um, this show called The Unwearable Blackness of Being. Hmm. Are you going to be performing that locally? Yeah, I'll do some of that at Scale House for this um, April 21st. And then, um, and then, yeah, just taking that, uh, like, kind of as many places as, as I can. But I've had um, enough experiences, and I've, like, fallen down an- enough times to not be so scared to fall, da- fall down again. Um, my, so, like, my ego is, like, kind of the right shape right now. <laughs> so it feels like – and I'm, I'm also just open enough to be um, – willing uh, to accept in real time the kind of critique or public scrutiny that might come with having a conversation that's about evolving through race and racism in our lifetime. Because mm-hmm. folks are going to have some opinions about that, and they should have some opinions. And it's not my job to change their opinion, but, it, but um, make space for the diversity of opinions in the room to the extent that it is um, focused on what's going to be most helpful and caring. I'm, I'm no longer interested in just making space for someone's ignorance to do more harm to the group without that same, um, I, I believe that's enough said. Like I'm just, that's not what the, these spaces are for. It's a hard enough conversation to have. Uh, yeah. So does that look like, uh, you know, any, like no Q&A, for example, so there's no opportunity for folks to? No, those things are, okay, so the show is um, uh, a bit multimedia where we'll have, as it builds and builds, We'll have a little bit on screen. It'll be some song and storytelling. I'm, I'm in this phase of like, I want to be able to sit on a stool and like, you know, like I want to, yeah. So, mm. yeah, I want to, yeah, I want to sit. So I, it, I kind of, so I, you know, I'll get up and move around occasionally and then have folks in the audience talk with each other to the extent logistically okay. that that's possible. Be able to talk with me and ask some questions about kind of whatever, whatever. And, um, and so, no, it's absolutely open. However, if, if and if somebody comes in and they're intentionally trying to just to just cut another wound, mm-hmm. there's going to be the wherewithal by myself or somebody else in the audience because of the space that we've created to not simply ax that person out, um, cut that person out, but ax that person some questions, but but really get to a place of um, uh, we can help each other see ourselves mm-hmm. yeah that's so important yeah yeah a lot of times those conversations happen one-on-one with a family member who that's might right. see hey you need a little yeah coaching to <laughs> for lack of a better word yeah um yeah i see some like really quick-witted genius brilliant people saying some really awful things so they're using that right genius uh-huh but they're using it in such a way you know, that it, it's doing more harm. But what if what they just want is recognition and what mm-hmm. if they want attention? What if that's just about like what? Yeah. So, you know, 
That'll be interesting. I definitely want to check that out. Yeah, come check it out and then let me know honestly what you think. I will. Okay. Thank you so much, Jason Graham, a.k.a. Mosley Wada. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah.